Howdy, howdy. Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 132, and we are continuing our study in 1 Peter. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So, Case, what is one attribute of God that's been standing out to you over the past week or so? So I would say... There's multiple, but I'm going to say the omnis, as we Mm. like to call them, that God's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent. Mm -hmm. Um, I have kind of like an accountability partner, friend that we meet together um, every few weeks. And we were talking about that this week because we were talking about several different things. We were talking about my anxiety with like health anxiety and how that stems from wanting to be in control. And Mm -hmm. I want to be omniscient. I want to know everything. I want to be all powerful. I want to control the future. Um, And then she was talking about multitasking. And I was telling her that in Jen Wilkins' book, None Like Him, she talks about how that's actually us trying to be omnipresent and we're Mm not meant to be omnipresent. So that's why it feels kind of yucky when you're trying to do more than one thing at once. Um, So the omnis have just been something that's really stood out to me this week. And as I've been reading the Bible, like I keep thinking, oh, there it is again. There it is again. And just remembering that God is all these things that I'm not and I'm not supposed to be. Like I'm not supposed to strive to be omniscient. I'm not supposed to strive to be omnipresent. Like he's those things and only he can be those things. Yeah. It's a good reminder. Yes. What about you? I think God's sovereignty or providence, I think you could call it either one, but I've been having some good conversations with my girls and just, I've been kind of the same thing you're saying. Like once you, you kind of dwell on like praise God for those things and you start to see it everywhere of just, we've been having a lot of conversations of like bad things. Why are bad things happen or trials or things like that and suffering? Cause I've been kind of going through first Peter with my girls as well. Um, and so we, we talked about, you know, like the story of Joseph and how God can, use things that were meant for evil, but also for good. And Mm -hmm. so when things happen, and I've just seen it all over and necessarily, not necessarily bad things, but how God's doing one thing over here and simultaneously he's doing all of this over here and it's all within his providence and his sovereignty. And I think it's one of those attributes that really causes you to worship Yeah, because like you said, kind of like the Omni's like, we're not able to do that. We're not able to work all things together. Um, Only God can do that. And so it really just causes an awe and reverence mm-hmm. for him. You mentioned that last week. You mentioned God's providence and a John Piper quote Did about I? how he's doing all, oh, yes. all the things. Yes, and you and can we might only be aware of three. A few of them. Yeah. And it was really funny because then later that week, I listened to a podcast that he was on and mm. he was reading part of his new book. He has a new yeah. book out called Providence. I think that's what it's called, right? Yes. Yeah. I really want it now. But it's like 700 pages. He said that again. He said, you know, God may be doing all these mm-hmm. millions of things and we can only see a few of them. And so I think that's a good reminder um, for sure. And I, and I love how you unintentionally have brought that out several times. <laughs> so it's obvious that God really is showing you that in your life right now. That's so I funny. That. I didn't realize I mentioned that. I forgot. <laughs> okay. So back to First Peter. What, um, what verses are we covering today? So we are covering... Chapter 1, verses 3 through 12. 
Okay. And so last week, um, we just went through the introduction um, of who Peter is, the context a little bit, some of that. And so today we're going to get kind of more into the the meat of mm-hmm. the, the beginning of his letter. Yep. Yep. So verse three starts with, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So Peter starts with this doxology, which doxology means worship. So the truth that was just expressed in verse two, um, that we talked about last week has led him into worship. Mm. And that's kind of what Aaron was saying, right? When we see these truths about who God is, it should lead us to worship. So I love that that's very first thing. That's how he kind of starts off this letter. Um, We also see here that he calls Jesus Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And in a commentary I was reading by R.C. Sproul, he says, he, Jesus, shares with the Father the fullness of deity and sovereignty. And it is the Father himself who is pleased to bestow the title of Kyrios, which means Lord upon his begotten son. Mm -hmm. So this is a reminder that Jesus is God, that Jesus has the same attributes that God does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good reminder. He's already like throwing in some, Mm -hmm. some sneaky theology, right? Mm -hmm. Where we, we, like we talked about before, we could just read over it. But when we spend some time really sitting in it, like we see, Oh Lord, Jesus Christ is different than him just saying Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. I also love how right after that sentence, there's an exclamation point, which I love, (laughs) but then it says, according to his great mercy. And this is going to set the tone for everything else we're going to talk about in first Peter and all of scripture, right? Is that it's according to his great mercy. And we talked about this a little bit last week when we kind of gave a little very tiny introduction to election and all of that. But it's according to his great mercy that he has caused us to be born again. And that is a a good um, kind of grounding in the gospel. Uh, It's not something we work for. It's it's according to his great mercy. And then he continues to just break apart that gospel truth by saying he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So not only is it because of great, his great mercy, but it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead that gives us this living hope. And hope is something that we're going to focus on this week as well as next week, kind of breaking down living hope. Why is it, why does the word living matter? Mm -hmm. But there's this really strong theme of hope through these two weeks, Mm -hmm. um, that, that we're going to keep talking about what that looks like. And in, um, I think just this idea of living hope is such a good picture of that for us that our, our hope is not in anything other than Jesus. It's right. in the living, resurrected Jesus who's mm-hmm. at the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Aaron said, hope is a theme that we're going to continue to see. And I don't know why we didn't mention that last <laughs> week when we were talking about themes because it really is a huge theme in this book. And we have a friend that um, was sharing some things that God was teaching her not too long ago. And I just love how she talked about especially in this past year, you can really see how we've been putting our hope Mm. in so many things other than Jesus. We put our hope in when coronavirus numbers go down, we put Mm. our hope in, oh, when we don't have to wear a mask again, when we get to go back to normal, when the kids get to go back to school or maybe when they're home for summer or whatever it is, we're constantly like looking for this next season and things will be better when, Mm. 
And that's just putting our hope in so many like misplaced places. Mm-hmm. You know, our hope should only be in Jesus. Yeah. And so I love when she shared that. I was like, oh my goodness, you're so right. When I'm constantly looking for these other things and putting my hope in other things, that's going against what the word of God says we should do. Um, one of the things I love is when I'm studying a certain passage and then we sing a song that... Mm came from that passage in church. And so this week, uh, we sang living hope at church. And I just, when we got to this verse, I just like started tearing up because I had just been reading about living hope in first Peter. It says, then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your very body began to breathe out of the silence. The roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. Mm -hmm. And so it's just such a good reminder that we have hope because Jesus is alive. That is why it's a living hope. He did not go into the grave and stay there. The resurrection is why we have this living hope. And I just, I love music so much. And I just think it it can just paint such beautiful pictures for us. Yeah, that's so good. We're only one verse in. So <laughs> okay. let's keep going. <laughs> <Maybe I'm moving. laughs> okay, verse four says, um, four and five says, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And this again, it's like there's there's only so many words, but there's so much meaning wrapped in these few words. And um, the word inheritance here usually referred to Israel's promised land. So as the um, original audience, remember we always say we want to we want to think about the original mm-hmm. author and the original mm-hmm. audience to help fully understand the meaning. And this is a good example to do that. Because that word inheritance would have sparked in their mind the promised land um, to Israel. But Peter here is pointing them to see, hey, there's an even greater inheritance. Like you back in the olden days, olden days, back in the Old Testament, were longing for this promised land as your inheritance. But now that Jesus has come, like our inheritance is in heaven and it's imperishable. Mm -hmm. Unlike the promised land, you know, which we saw had perishing. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, It's undefiled which was not true about the promised land. It's Mm -hmm. unfading, again, not true. So it's pointing to Jesus has a true and better inheritance Mm -hmm. for us that will be revealed in the last time. I mean, he's pointing us to keep our eyes on the ultimate prize. That sounds so cheesy. (laughs) But to keep our eyes on Jesus and that our inheritance is... um, in heaven and keeping our eyes on that perspective to what he's going to talk about when we talk about suffering and Mm -hmm. living this holy life, what's only really made possible by keeping your eyes on that, that true inheritance. Mm -hmm. I have said before on the podcast, all roads lead to Romans Mm eight. And I have laughed and laughed as I'm reading this sprawl commentary. Uh I'm like, wait, aren't we in first Peter? Because somehow we keep ending up in Romans eight. Like what's going on here? I was cracking up one day and Jonathan's like, you're reading a commentary. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I always laugh through sprawl commentaries though. Sprawl has amazing. that effect. He yes. does. Um, but seriously, like if you go to Romans eight, you see that we're co-heirs with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have this inheritance. We have this inheritance that inheritance that belongs to Jesus, but we've been adopted mm-hmm. by his father and by our father into that family. So now this, which belongs to Jesus also belongs to us as his adopted brothers and sisters in Christ. That's so beautiful. We'll talk about that more when we get to some more father yes. language yes. coming up. So another thing about this is where it says being kept for you. And I read this and it's just like a big sigh of relief because mm-hmm. 
I realized it's not my job. And yep. I was um, listening to a, um, like a teaching on this passage. And she was talking about how there's so many things in our life that we feel like we have to keep. Mm. We have to keep, keep our kids safe. We have to keep the house. We have to keep our garden alive. We have to, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, yeah. like, we have to keep, 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 keep. We're mm. constantly keeping things. Mm. And this is something that we don't have mm. to keep. Mm-hmm. And that to me is just like, Oh, it just makes me breathe easy mm-hmm. knowing that the most important thing in life, our eternity mm-hmm. is something we don't have to keep. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I love how he uses three words to describe this inheritance. So he talks about imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And I think, I don't know, this could just be me, but it seems like he's almost trying to answer their questions before they've asked them. Mm -hmm. Like, well, what about this? You know, Mm -hmm. can I ruin this inheritance? Is there any way that it could, that, you know, that I could mess it up or that it could end or that, you know, and he's like, no, No. it is imperishable, undefiled, unfading. I'm just going to answer your questions up front. And it's reassuring, right? He's like, Remember, and then he talks about how it's kept for you yeah. by God, and so yeah. it seems like he's he's one pointing their eyes to keep them their keep their eyes focused on eternity, and then he's also like because this eternity is amazing and will be with God, and it's your inheritance, it's mm-hmm. kept for you, and it cannot be ruined. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So we see the word salvation here and the doctrine of salvation is a huge doctrine. Like it's huge. It involves a lot of, a lot of pieces. There's a lot of things you can go into, but I loved the simple definition that my study Bible gave it. It said that the word here means complete and final future deliverance from sin and full enjoyment of eternal glory. So Mm -hmm. that's what, that's what Aaron's saying. You know, that kind of answers these questions of, what is it? What is it not? You know, the yeah. full enjoyment of eternal glory. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. Verses six and seven. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Which, okay, so we have to think of what we've already talked about, right? We've talked about that God, it's it's God that has given us this great mercy to bring us to a living hope that will ultimately result in salvation where we get this inheritance. Um, And so he's saying, keep all of that in mind. In this you rejoice. So sometimes we read things like, in this you rejoice. And it's like, well, which is he talking about? In Mm -hmm. what we rejoice? So he's saying, in all that we Mm -hmm. just talked about, that's what you rejoice even though you may, if necessary, face trials. And anybody who's been alive for more than five seconds realize that we will face trials. I mean, even a baby that's been born birth is traumatic, yes, right? it is traumatic. <laughs> that's a trial yes, in that's and of true. itself. That's true. And so it gives, it almost gives purpose to to our trials. It, it helps us to understand like this is strengthening our faith. And then I like how it even says at the very end, that it may be found to result in the praise and glory Glory. and honor the revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I feel like this, for some reason with 1 Peter, I've been thinking of lots of analogies. Uh And so um, I feel like a good analogy for for this one is that trials, bear with me here, but trials are twofold, kind of like lifting weights, okay? So did I use this analogy? Did I use lifting weights last time? Maybe I need to stop thinking about exercise so much. I don't remember. I don't think so. So kind of like lifting weights. So when you lift weights, you're you're demonstrating how strong you are, 
right? But then you're also getting stronger in the process. Right. And so that's kind of what it's it's saying here is that this is testing our our faith, Mm -hmm. but it's also producing a stronger faith. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which which if you're someone who likes that, you could use a different analogy, but I think thinking of it as both Mm -hmm. also helps provide purpose. I mean, the ultimate purpose is to bring glory to God, but I think it kind of maybe can, in the moment, help you realize, okay, this is making me stronger, and it's also proving the gospel in my life and putting on display for others to see the the strength that God has given, you know, to right. get through this trial. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is, <laughs> no, I think okay. it's a really good example. Um, one of my favorite quotes is Angie Smith. She is actually like the tagline of her book. It uh, says the sacred dance of grief and joy. It's mm-hmm. her book. I will carry you. And um, she lost a baby. And so she's talking about that, about how there's grief and there's also joy. Mm-hmm. And I have felt this so many times in my life. And like it's saying right here, you will rejoice in these things that I just said, you know, you have this inheritance mm-hmm. and you have salvation and mm-hmm. these things are better than anything else here on earth. So there's so much to rejoice in, but yes, on earth right now, there will be trials. Yeah. And so it's like, it's this both mm-hmm. and um, tension. it's a tough, it's a yeah. tension and it's a tough place to be, but it's neat to see that Peter acknowledges that mm-hmm. like in God's holy word that was inspired by the Holy spirit, like it is acknowledged that we will be living in that tension. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's hear us say that we realize this is easy to say like, yes, rejoice in your trials. And then actually in the thick of it, it's a lot harder to actually do. But one thing I've been hearing very often from many different people. I think the first time I heard it was when I went to the village and and listened to Matt Chandler in person. I wish you could see the smile on her face right now. (laughs) But he said something, and it was, I've heard it over and over again, but basically like you need to prepare in good times because in the bad times you may not be able to to get into the word as much or, you know, and like that kind of thing. So I think that's this is a good passage for that because – if we need to soak ourselves in the truth that trials are going to come, but they're ultimately for our good, his glory, keep our eyes, you know, it's reminding us not only that they're going to come, but what to do when they come is to keep our eyes on heaven and keep, mm-hmm. you know, keep bringing Jesus into the situation and, and all of that. And so that would be my encouragement. If you're like, Hey, I'm not in the middle of a trial right now, then this is a great time to be studying this exactly. so that you can recall yeah. on these things yeah. when they do come. So don't hear us that this is just some easy, happy-go-lucky thing. Like, we realize this is real life. And even thinking on, on the life of Peter, like, and the things that we know to be true about mm-hmm. Peter, I mean, how he denied God, how he denied Jesus, and yeah. the the shame he must have felt after that, like, that's a trial. Mm-hmm. Or... um I was thinking about this story with Peter when, when Jesus kept asking him, do you love me? Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, yes. And just like, do you love me? And I'm like, these are trials. These are yeah. things where, where Peter's like, Jesus doesn't feel like I love, it. you know? And so mm-hmm. we have to remember that this is a, this is a real person, Peter, who did struggle with real things. This is not someone who's just like, I've had a wonderfully perfect life. And now I'm going to tell you that you need to rejoice in suffering, which I think kind of, I don't know. I mean, and he saw his best friend, yeah, crucified. Yes, that yeah, I mean, also. You had, I just think about that. A lot of times I think we kind of put that like as a mm. separate thing. Mm. Like, yeah, these disciples experienced the death, the yeah. physical death of their best friend. Like, I just can't even imagine yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think a, a practical maybe takeaway from this is, is prayer. And honestly, I, I'm inspired by my little Harper. She 
when we were going through this, her response in prayer was, um, she, I wrote it out because I wanted to make sure I said it correctly. So she said, uh, thank you, God, for giving us hard things so that our faith can mm-hmm. grow. And I was like, I'm going to just pray that. I'm going to pray that I see it that way yeah. because yeah. I don't see it that way. Mm-mm. And this is maybe a good a checkpoint for just like reflection and maybe repentance um, of how do you respond to trials? Yeah. Um, and don't hear me saying like I respond great to trials. I definitely don't. My response is usually to just like put your head down and get through it as fast fast as you possibly can. And like scripture doesn't call us to do that. Mm -hmm. Scripture calls us to keep our eyes up, keep our eyes on heaven. And, Mm -hmm. um, so maybe just spend some time like praying that God would give you the eyes to see trials as a way for our faith to grow. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Verses eight and nine. Do you have anything else? But I mean, I have a J.I. Packer quote, but, but it's not necessary. Actually, I do like it. So I'm going to say it. Okay. So (laughs) Uh, he says, instead of asking, why is this happening? Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. He said, if you ask, why is this happening? No light may come. But if we ask, how am I to glorify God now? There will always be an answer. And I read that a couple years ago. And that's something that, that's another thing that I'm not good at. But I try to put into, like, practically apply to my life is when whenever I'm like, God, why, God? You know, even little things, right? Like, Today, I was telling Casey, we had to run a bunch of errands, and I had to get back at a certain time because we have someone coming to fix stuff at our house, and there's just like a bajillion things going on right now, um, mostly good things, pretty mm-hmm. much, yeah, and so I got to the store and realized they didn't open in for another 30 minutes, and then I had to go to another store, but still be back within an hour, and I was like, how is this going to happen, and I'm like, why, you know, and instead of being like, why, like, Lord, how can I glorify you in this moment? I didn't do that. I should have. Mm-hmm. Now I'm repenting to all of you. But <laughs> what a better answer would have been like, a better question would have been like, Lord, how do I glorify you in this? And mm-hmm. then I could have used that as a moment to show my kids like, hey, when things don't go our way, like we can still praise God and we can, you know, we can still, you know, use this as a chance to maybe love our neighbors or have patience yeah. or grow in these fruit of the spirit and things like that. I definitely did not do that, mm-hmm. but I should have. Yeah, that's good. That's a good reminder and convicting. One of the things also, now I'm not moving on, but one of the <laughs> things also that I like about this is that it says now for a little while. And that mm. that's a reminder when you're in some of those longer seizing, seasons of suffering that it will eventually end, even if you have like a terminal illness and that suffering doesn't end on earth, it will end in heaven. Um, sometimes, sometimes I think the Baptist in me, almost says like in glory. Cause that's what I always heard growing up, you know, in glory. Um, so in heaven, you know, those things will, um, will end and your suffering will end. And, um, that's highly encouraging to me is just to know that it's not forever. Yes. So moving on to verses eight and nine, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So I listened to a um, Sinclair Ferguson sermon on this. Did you listen to it? Was that what you were listening to when I got here? Yeah. Um, And he was talking about Scottish weddings, and he was talking about how the groom, it's very different than ours, especially today when we do the, like, first look and all of that. But... um, I'm like, I'm not going to get a soapbox on that, (laughs) but I do not think you should do a first look. Well, okay. It's not a gospel issue, so... (laughs) It's secondary. (laughs) Okay. So um, the groom stands with his back 
to to the audience and to the bride when she's walking in. So he does not get his first glimpse of her until she's all the way up at the altar with him and he turns and looks at her. And um, it just painted this picture of even though he doesn't see his bride walking in, he loves her. Mm -hmm. He's anticipating that. He knows he loves her even though he doesn't see her. Mm -hmm. And so even though we haven't seen Jesus we can still love him. And to me, this is just um, a really good picture of the div- the divinity of the Holy Spirit and how he, <laughs> my words on my paper is, they're like all scrambled up. Okay. <laughs> the divinity of the Holy Spirit and how he draws us to him. Mm-hmm. Um, because how many times are you drawn to somebody and do you love somebody who you can't mm. see? And how many times do you have an inexpressible joy about something or someone that you haven't seen? And this is Peter. He's talking about someone that he has seen and Mm -hmm. that he did know intimately. But he's saying, you don't know Jesus like I knew Jesus, but you still love him Mm -hmm. even even though you haven't seen him. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Anything else you want to say on that? I don't think so. I think just the um, at the end where we see um, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls, that's just a reminder, again, reiterating that the outcome of our faith is salvation. It's that inheritance in heaven that he talked about earlier in this passage. Yeah. All right, verses 10 through 12. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched in inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was to be indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Okay, 12. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you, and the things that have now been announced to you through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. I like had to circle back to this several times. It's like, it's just a lot of words. It's a lot of words. And anytime you start talking about the prophets, it's kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Here we go. Hold on. Here we go. And I read several different commentaries and study Bible notes. And I was just like, wait, wait. But I think the main point is that Peter's saying that the salvation that he's talking about is what the prophets were referring to. So at the time, and we talked about this in our story of scripture series, but at the time people thought that the prophets were crazy. And one of the reasons they thought they were crazy is because they were talking about something that was going to happen in the future and someone that was coming that wasn't there during their lifetime. And so they couldn't see any of this and it was just really confusing to them. So I think one of the things we can take away is that God is so faithful to send people to preach his word and to share the good news. And um, when I look at the prophets, one of my favorite things about scripture is to read these prophecies and then to see them fulfilled Mm -hmm. in the new Testament. It just makes my faith so much more, more strong. And God didn't have to do that. He didn't have to send these prophets and then later fulfill this prophecy. He didn't have to, he doesn't have to send um, really good teachers and preachers of the word now to help us understand his word, but he did. And it's just such a kindness um, that he sends these things. And it just, again, show, or these people, and it again, just shows his love for us. And um, it's a gift. It's a gift that we have these things. I think if you were to try to like put this into, you know, regular words, which you most likely did, if you're doing the study along with us, if you're, you know, writing it out in your observations or summarizing it, I think you could kind of summarize it as saying like, 
the, the prophets didn't know when God, Jesus was going to come and when these sufferings were going to happen. Um, but, but they, when they, how am I trying to say this? Okay. They didn't know when their prophecies would be fulfilled, but, but they still foretold that Christ would suffer. They were just obedient. Yes. Yes. And, and just in case it caught you off guard in verse 11, where it says inquiring what person or time the spirit of Christ in them was indicating that spirit of Christ is referring to the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit, It's, it's not common to see that wording. And so if that kind of caught you off, then hopefully Mm -hmm. you, you kind of use the tools that we talked about in the Mm -hmm. beginning of Mm -hmm. maybe looking up if that's translated anywhere else or the original wording, but just to give some clarity on that spirit of Christ is referring to the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. So what would you say, Case? I'm, ca- I'm throwing this, this off guard off guard at you. I'm throwing this off the cuff. I don't know how to say that. But <laughs> what would you say is kind of like your biggest takeaway from this, from verses 3 to 12? Mm. Oh, there's just so much stuff. You had said you were going to make me summarize it, and I told you that was too much. Now you're <laughs> asking me my biggest takeaway. Um, I think... I mean, we kind of wrapped up with this, but I think just God's kindness, just everything throughout here is just like you started out talking about his mercy Mm -hmm. and his kindness and how and grace, just all the things we don't deserve are the things we see right here. Mm. This inheritance in heaven, Mm -hmm. um, the the joy that we can have even through our sufferings, just all of it Mm -hmm. are things we don't deserve. But yet through his mercy, through his grace, through his kindness, he's given it to us anyway. It's good. You have anything? I would just say the like the the practical implications of like keeping your eyes on eternity mm, mm-hmm. and what that looks like. I get caught up sometimes in the all these things have to be done and I you know I'm working and my kids and mm-hmm. you know my husband and my house and blah 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 and and I get so like navel gazing for mm-hmm. I think that's such a weird term but I, know. I get so <laughs> self focused right, so right. inward focused yeah. and so just the call to like keep my eyes like turn your eyes upon Jesus I sing that to my kids every night but just mm-hmm. like remind my soul that Lord for yes. in the good times and in the small trials and in the big mm-hmm. trials like help me to just keep my eyes mm-hmm. on you that's good and that's good because we're actually going to talk about that even more next week so yep. next week um, chapter one verses thirteen through twenty five and. And we'll meet you back here. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs.